0: Welcome to Maddie Speaks. My name is Kevin Maurer, Director of Community Engagement for the Cape Fair Collective. I've spent my whole career telling stories, but nothing really is a substitute for that lived experience. That's why when Maddie, an African-American woman living with her family in New Hanover County, was willing to sit down and tell me a story, I jumped at the chance to hear it. On paper, Maddie's part of the American middle class. She works in healthcare, and her husband is a public servant. But as we talk, you'll hear the reality of her every day, from just making rent to overcoming systemic racism. And then the pandemic hits. You know, this is a rare, unvarnished glimpse at one life. You now I wish Maddie's story was unique. But as you listen, keep in mind her struggles are more common than we'd like to admit. And empathy is our best tool for understanding. This episode was recorded right at the start of the COVID-19 pandemic. Uh, we're joined by Susie Sewell from the Camp Schreiber Foundation. Okay, so we're episode, I think, what, three or four? Uh, we're jumping on here. Uh, in the middle of the COVID-19 crisis here with Maddie and uh, Susie from Camp Schreiber who uh, works with Maddie and and they, I guess they share a son, if you will, right, as you guys are both working together with Jackson. Um, I guess let's just start with an update. How are you guys doing? Um, We're doing this on Zoom, which is, I guess, our new normal now.
1: It's crazy, to say the least. Um, Our family has seen – so many different changes, and we're not able to see like a big picture. It's literally day by day. Um, I know we've talked before about how we're vague in what we say um on this podcast. Um, so I'm where I work, my hours were cut in half um, and while I have options to take my paid days off. I'm choosing not to because in the event that something happens down the road and one of my kids are sick or we're trying to take a family vacation, you know, it's, there's no happy medium. So then, you know, trying to file for the unemployment stuff has been crazy because so many people are trying to do it at one time. It's like you have to get up at like two, three o'clock in the morning to do it um, because the website keeps crashing. Um, school has been bananas because it started oh the kids will be out of school for two weeks and then it was like nope they're going to be out of school for eight weeks until May 15th which at that point I'm like you're already telling us they're not going back to school this year because they're going to go back to school for two weeks that doesn't make any sense um New Hanover County I feel like kind of was behind the the ball I know that like school board wise, it's been super weird in New Hanover County this school year. Super, super weird. So many changes, so much happening. And I think they were trying to play it safe and not sure what was happening, thinking people were overreacting. And I found out like Pender County had actually um, prepared computers for kids down to kids who didn't have internet access they had already, before schools were ever canceled, started preparing computers so kids who didn't have internet access would get a computer with all of their work already downloaded on it. Whereas my son just got an email from a teacher today, and he's been out of school for three weeks, just got an email about work today. Um, And it's, it's just crazy. You aren't sure who you can talk to, like up close who you can't. And we've said before, I work in healthcare. Um, I don't necessarily work face to face with patients, but my coworkers do. And then we kind of, you know, speak to each other and you just never know what's actually going to happen.
0: And they just put out today that we should treat everybody like they have uh, COVID-19 because we have community spread finally. So Yep um and I feel like uh, and I've had this kind of a uh the conversation before a running theme of this but I think disasters compound the problems that we have on a regular basis and I think I think you're you're sort of from what I'm gathering from what we've talked about in the past this is only just exacerbated everything that you've you've got to get over
1: yeah um another component to our life is part of the reason I've there's so many different things with my job. There's so many different like little pieces to the hours we can get and things like that. Um, but I found out my son doesn't go to day. Our two year old doesn't go to daycare. He goes to, um, a sitter, somebody that we know, close family friend, but she lives in a retirement apartment complex and they got locked down, shut down. So now I don't have daycare either. um, So I'm having to try and figure out what we're going to do, the hours that I am going to get, you know, am I going to have to let those go or am I going to have to, you know, leave my son at home? My kids are old enough to babysit, but it's, you know, you just never know what you should actually do. So it's so many decisions to make in that, that realm
0: how how are you coping with that i mean is it just one day at a time you focus on one thing at a time
1: yeah um our 11 year old daughter she's a lot like me very strong willed very um strong minded however she does have like underlying anxiety and the friday before school was canceled she actually had us come pick her up from school because kids were i'm going to get sick you're going to get sick you can die like all the stuff that kids say And she like started to have a panic attack at school and needed us to come and get her. And so then ever since then, I'm like, man, my kid's mental health means more to me than any job, any, anything else. So it's trying to keep this level of normalcy, but also at the same time, like I'm not taking y'all out. We're not going to the grocery store. We're not going around people. Like the baby has left the house, but he has not been in any grocery store. He's went from our house to my mother-in-law's house and back home, my mother's house and back home. And that's it. Like, it's just, and you don't know what to tell your kids. Like my kids keep asking, like my, they like school. They like the social aspect of school, but then it's hard because even though school is out, you can't go to your friend's house. Your friend can't come to our house. You know, it's, it's weird. I mean, I'm 32 years old and this is not something I thought I would ever see in my lifetime.
0: No, I mean, I think we're all trying to build this new world, you know. Mm-hmm. On the fly like I, I don't, you know. we're I'm doing everything from my 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 office, you know. And my job is as a community engagement is is people. Yeah, so it's weird for me. I got to do everything virtually.
1: Yes, Susan, it's definitely different.
0: Susan, let's bring you in real quick and talk us talk uh, Camp Schreiber. I mean, you you've got students all over the the county that you're helping. How, how have you kind of sewn this into a community, and how are you doing that? So looking at some numbers here, 91% of households have a computer in the home in New Hanover County, and 84% of those have internet access. But when you get into the census tract level, you can see where New Hanover County is going to have some challenges equipping an entirely remote workforce and educational system. Take census tract 110 on Wilmington's south side. Only 71% of households have a computer in the home, and 52% have internet access. This is one of the predominantly black neighborhoods in Wilmington. And in this census tract, 46.8% of residents and 88% of children live in poverty. So parents living there are facing tough decisions daily and are having difficulty keeping their kids safe and fed, let alone making sure they're logged into the school website.
2: Yeah, so um, the 51 weeks program, you know, our point of contact is based around school. We tutor four days a week on site at school. So when school's out, um, kind of you know our universe is gone. Um, we like to think and I think that we function as a family and offer a lot of community for the kids community with each other in terms of the boys but it's also where I see the boys where the tutors interact with the boys. The school was out for two weeks um, we kind of sat tight and then as we saw that it went to May 15th um, I started trying to build a virtual Schreiber community because I don't think it's okay in any of our books that we're not going to be in a, each other's worlds for that length of time. Uh, everybody's situation in the program is different. Um, we have small numbers on purpose so that we can know everybody's situation and react to it individually. So I'm in the process of pushing laptops out to all the kids and making sure they all have wi-fi. Uh, Maddie mentioned that other counties have done that but that hasn't been the case in New Hanover County. Um, and I know that spectrum has said during COVID-19 we'll offer free internet, but only if you're not a current customer. So if you're a current customer and your hours were cut, or you're laid off, or you missed a check and you can't pay your bill, you don't get the free internet, which I thought I think is an interesting wrinkle. So, you know. I delivered several Chromebooks to the kids in the program that don't already have Camp Schreiber laptops at home, and I suspect we'll be paying internet bills going forward. Um, The schoolwork is all over the board. My first response was, okay, well, let's get the schoolwork done, but I don't believe it's being graded. I don't think anybody has an answer for long-term what this is gonna look like in terms of grade progression and graduation. What I do think is that you already had two groups of kids, and when we come back, I think you're going to see that divide get even bigger um, because you know there are, there are kids that have a mom at home who has the time um, to sit down for a full day and work through school with them. And then there are kids that don't have that mom. And I think you're going to see two groups of kids come back to school. Uh, and I think that, that that's going to be a long term impact. I think it'd be interesting to look seven years down the road at high school, and college graduation, what this did. But for now, we're not really focusing on the schoolwork because it's all over the board. Um, I think the biggest thing is mental. Maddie mentioned that. Uh, This is tough for everybody. You're 32, you never thought you would see this, Maddie. I'm 34, it's blowing my mind too. Um, And these are kids. Kids that have home lives that range from A to Z. So I think it's really important that Camp Shriver stays in their life um, and that we have the community and give them a little bit of routine and stability. So what I've done is I've reached out to our college kids and you know they have online classes now but their jobs are gone. You know they're they're working in retail, they're working in restaurants, so you know their after after class job for college kid is gone. So I'm going to pay them hourly to teach a one-hour course to the Schreiber kids over Zoom. Um, so there's three college kids that have signed on to do this, and I told them they could pick whatever topic they wanted as long as it was, you know, would get the boys to engage in critical think. It could be a life skill, it could be whatever you're passionate about personally. And so I'm hoping to roll that out next week. So what that will look like is three one hour courses a week for our Shriber kids and then a one-on-one Zoom meeting with me to touch base about the schoolwork on an individual level.
0: I mean That's a great idea. I mean, and I think, like, I think Zoom's going to be the new Google, right? I think we're going to, we're going to, this is going to be part of our, our lexicon on how we interact, I think, going forward. Um, I think you bring up a cool point though, Susie, about, about a new routine. Maddie, in your house, have you built a new routine now that everything is getting ripped out and had to rebuild it?
1: So that is actually my to-do list this week. Um, being that I'm going to be off for four days straight, um, I told the kids, like, you will have a routine because this isn't summer break. This is, we still have to make school happen. I still have to rely on you to be responsible because, you know, my husband and I both work um, day shift jobs. So we are that family that I can't afford to put a whole day down in, in schoolwork. I, I can't, but while I'm home, I'm going to do everything I can to make sure they're caught up and make sure they're in a good space. Um, but I don't know what the, I don't, I know how to create a routine because we obviously have one, but like now that this monkey wrench has been thrown in here, it's very, um, hard to figure out what that routine is supposed to look like.
0: Well, uh, how are you dealing with your, with your husband's job? I know that's, that's a public facing job.
1: It is, um, slightly terrifying because where he works he sees a revolving door of people. Um, so at any time anybody could walk in and my entire family is exposed to this virus that when we were first told it's just old people, it's just, you know, it's just affecting old people. But then it's like you're seeing stuff where seven month old babies in South Carolina are fighting for their lives and 12 year old little girls with no underlying health issues, no, compromised immune system is on a ventilator in Atlanta. And it's terrifying as a parent. But I think the stressful, the most stressful thing for me right now is to maintain normalcy in my face and dealing with my kids and nothing has changed. While on the inside, I am freaking out because there are um, so many different avenues that have changed for us financially, time-wise, school it's just so many different things that have changed. So it's – I think that's why I'm having such a struggle finding a new routine.
0: Have you guys let yourselves uh, – and this is a question for both you, uh, Maddie and Susie, but have you guys let yourselves think into the future and what you think the future might be and how we get ready for that future?
2: mm Honestly, I have not. I can't. What do you mean, like, future? Give me a timeline. Like, I mean, six months, a year?
0: Six months. I mean, what's the summer look like? Do you think? Like, well, what are we? What are we looking at there?
2: Well, our our camp Shriver goes to Shriver Island the last two weeks of July. You and know,
1: that's so funny you say that because Jackson like, looked at me almost with tears in his eyes today
2: and was like, "Mom, do we still get to go to?" Or he I forget how he worded I mean, it, but tear up because yeah, well, I, you've heard about it, Kevin. I don't, you haven't heard a ton about it, but it's a really special place. Um, I don't set New Year's resolutions. I set Trevor Island resolutions. It's it's how I mark my year and I think all of our kids experience it differently, but they're different boys on the island and it's where we do things we never thought we could do and it's just like this really transformational two weeks for us. Um, It is a guarantee. It's not guaranteed anymore. Um, I don't know. We're lucky because we can make a game time call. It's not a hotel we have to book. I hope we'll go. I think it'd be a nice end to all of this. Um, fingers crossed.
1: Yeah. Jackson was saying, um, he brought up about you guys not being together. He's like, "But mom, what does that look like?" And I said, "Well, what do you mean, son?" Like, aint nothing's changing, But mom, does that mean we get to go to Canada?" And I hadn't even thought that far into the future. I hadn't even thought about y'all can't fly (laughs) y'all can't, you know, I hadn't thought about those things. Um, and to look at him today was kind of one of those turning points for me where I realized like this is so much bigger than what we originally thought. Like it is affecting things. Literally we're in the end of March, but it is affecting things all the way into July, August.
0: I mean, everything is getting postponed to the fall.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: At this point, they canceled the Olympics. Mm-hmm. I mean, and, and and you know, one of my fears is is we live in a resort town. Mm-hmm. I mean, here was the
1: thing for me today, and I know I feel like they put this out every year, but we're dealing with this now, and I didn't even think about the fact like hurricane season is like tomorrow you know what I mean like we are not far and it's of course you know you get the whole article of hurricane season will be above normal this year and every year that I've lived here that it says above normal there's at least something that happens whether it's disastrous Florence or it's like this one this last year Dorian that just kind of blew through and that was it either way there's still preparation and I was telling somebody the other day I'm originally from Ohio. I prefer tornadoes to hurricanes and somebody asked me what that is crazy. I said, tornadoes come, they drop down, they destroy what they're going to destroy and they go on about their business. Hurricanes, they take mm, seven days prior. You are preparing for what could be, you never know toilet paper. We'll back up to that in a minute, (laughs) but, (laughs) but you know, you see, um, all the stuff flying off the shelves—water, milk, bread—it disappears.
0: I think you make a good point too. I, I think I think it's just, there's an equalizer in this that everybody's susceptible to it. It's not just a it's not a class thing. It's not an economy thing. You can't buy your way out of this. It's it's everybody. Um, but I worry about the end. I worry about what happens when everybody everything bounces back and and what 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 we have left. But also you know what are some of our families that we care deeply about are, are going to have to do what are the what are the risks they're going to take to get their their ship righted again that maybe other people don't have to take that risk and i think we got to think about that as a community and and I, part of me hopes that because it's this was such a, a common denominator and an equalizer that we use it to reset our system and we rethink the way that we've been operating but i'm a bit of an optimist on that i think
1: right uh, yeah i mean even you remember, we talked on an episode about our first impressions. Yeah. Right. So, you know, the whole stimulus bill, all that stuff. I have been so skeptical of it. I'm like, y'all, they're going to send us a check and screw us up the butt on the back end. Like, I don't know what this looks like. Like, I am probably one of the few people who's like, I don't really know if I want this check. Like, I don't know what that's actually going to look like. Because, I mean, it is the the down the road that even though I haven't thought about it, I still think about it, if that makes sense. Like I still know there is something ugly on the other side of this for my family. Cause I know I've also mentioned too, like our rent just went up. We've had just changes. I think about as we're sitting here talking, I'm thinking about the fact, um, what the cost of living is going to look like in Wilmington after this. I mean, we've slapped up so many apartments that we charge out the butt for, and people are supposed to live here. But when those people flee, like, what is going to happen? Like, what is this going to look like?
0: Let me ask you though, Maddie, with this check, like, just in theory, I mean, it could be what a couple of thousand dollars.
1: From my family, the different things I've heard,
0: yes, but. I mean, it feels like, I mean, it feels like you, you need it. You you could use it because you your hour's cut, right?
1: Absolutely. I could use it. Now, don't get me wrong. <laughs> I can absolutely use it, but it's still that fear of what's on the backside of it. You know what I mean? Like, it's just, you always are waiting on that other foot to drop. And I don't, I just don't know what that's going to look like. There, I think this is one thing where, The one good thing that can come out of this for me is that I get to spend extra time with my kids. Time that I wouldn't have had any other way. Time that um, I'll never get back, but I get to spend it with my children. That's the only good thing coming out of this for my family. Beyond that, everything else is like fearful. Like when Susie said um, food shortage, we tried to go grocery shopping last week and it was a crap show. Like I had a panic attack in the middle of the store because we couldn't find meat literally could not find a pack of chicken um limits on how much you could buy and i'm a family of six one pack of hamburger is not taking me
2: anywhere like
1: i can't do anything with that
2: and here's the thing we talked about your grocery shopping before you need to buy a specific meat that is in your budget so if they're out of that meat because all anywhere has a steak (laughs) Voice, like it is for some people to be like, "Oh, just get that meat." That doesn't work for your family.
1: No, I have to get a certain size pack. I have to have just because of the way I've done my budget. I've um and the crazy thing is we've talked to before about my wiggle room, like my my give. I can't change how much I spend. So I still don't have a whole lot of excess beyond our two weeks. You know what I mean like mm-hmm. I don't have a whole whole lot beyond that. So if there is a food shortage and my next payday comes, I have to go shopping again.
0: Plus, I mean, you've got, a, you got your hours cut. So your wiggle is gone. But, yeah. Yeah.
1: Um, and I'm saying, thank- I will say I am thankful for the way my job has kind of done this, even though it, sucks that your hours get cut but the reason that our hours got cut is um the services we provide have been cut Mm -hmm. um so like i understand my company is taking a hit in a big way in a big big way um so it's it's just one of those things like we said it's just affecting everybody
2: what has been the hardest thing for each one of your children
1: Gabriel's too. So like, not really too much <laughs> for them.
2: He's He's happy to Like
1: he lives his best life every day. <laughs> um, our 11 year old, um, I think it was being at school and like hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing one of the beauties of our house is we can't afford cable, so we don't have it. So we don't watch the news very much in our house um so she's kind of disconnected from like all the every time you turn on the local channel it's covid-19 the coronavirus kills another person you know she's missing that point being at home um i think for her and Jackson there's kind of a tie between the um uh social aspect missing they're little social butterflies and they're missing that and um i haven't been too vocal about this but we do have our older daughter um, she's almost fifteen, but she is currently um in a mental health facility, and we haven't been able to see her. They were locked down before everybody um so I've not been able to hug her, I haven't been able to kiss her, I haven't been able to touch her um, and in talking to her on the phone, um you have a lot of it's it's a adolescent facility um And a lot of the kids are struggling, like they're seeing a heightened number of fights within the facility. And, you know, she's having ups and downs and it's she can't get a pass to come home for her weekend and nobody's getting passes. Um, So it's. It's hard. And as a parent, it's so hard to juggle because it's like I need to figure out what this kid needs at this moment. What this kid needs. How can I help my child who I can't even go see face to face? I can only talk to her over the phone. So trying to encourage her and, you know, it's things that you don't want your children to ever have to deal with or you try and teach them how to deal with it. But this is on such a magnitude that you, I don't know how to tell you to deal with this at this point. I don't know how to tell you not to worry about it because truthfully on the inside, mommy's worrying about it.